This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in, boys and girls. It's Friday, November 10th on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm live in studio, Kyle Borgannoni, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew. Dude, this is old times bets. It really is. Uh, a blast in the past, so to speak, with you out there in Arizona in the studio, uh, you know, with all the signs in the background, and it just feels right. You know, this is, I feel like when we had some of our best calls on the show over the years, mm, they've happened mm. with your butt in that very seat. So I'm expecting someone on the show, or at least listening, to uh, to take them a million bucks this week. Yeah, the, the key point that you just brought up, and I know this is an audio format, is that my butt is placed in a seat that is well-worn, it is warm. It is the seat of Jason Moore. I just want you to know, guys, that when I record here in Arizona, I just this is the seat that I love, and I just feel it. I feel like big shimmy vibes. I feel like the people are going to get some really good takes on this episode, on this slate for week 10. I mean, it is good times. People, I, So I'm here in Arizona. I was here for, for a year and a half, to almost two years, and moved back to Georgia. And I decided that I wanted to surprise the guys for episode 1500, which by the time this episode is coming out of this podcast... It's been up. Make sure you go to YouTube. It was quite fun to put together some good nostalgic stuff. We talked about nicknames, and I have a very good entrance in the middle of the show. Um, they were they were pretty thrown off. So man, it's it's good times. It's great to be part of the Ballers team. I mean, Brooks was just telling you right before the show, like he was thankful for you, thankful for the whole team, and uh, grateful for the Foot Clan. Man, like the Foot Clan is a fun group of people. Oh, for sure, man, no doubt. And yeah, when you when you say it out loud and you just kind of brush by, you're like, oh, 1,500 shows. But when you stop and think about it, like, there's not a lot of podcasts that last that long uh, that have the amount of success that, you know, the guys have had and, and our brand has had. So uh, as you've said, as Brooks has said, as everyone has said, just thankful to be a part of it. And man, uh, what an incredible accomplishment. But yeah, the Foot Clan powers it. Uh, they're incredible. And, um, and they're super fun to interact with. Like Discord, I feel like every year I say this, but Discord's just been better and better and better the years that go by we have awesome people in there and actually really smart people in there i was actually hopping in this morning we're recording this on thursday afternoon someone was talking about um a thursday night prop and giving analysis for it and the rationale and you know the matchup and all this sort of stuff and i was like yeah that sounds like a prop i would take like that's you're a smart person so um, it's some fun man great people out there in the foot clan 
Yeah, it's it's kind of wild that this podcast experience for you and I, so many people listening for the fans footballers, um, for DFS embedding that, hey, this is our full-time job now, came from three dudes who quit their jobs and started in somebody else, you know, just in a spare bedroom. And it slowly grew into the biggest fans football podcast in the world and a group of people that feel like they're a part of it. So we are one of you. We were listeners of this podcast. We still listen to every single podcast. We're a part of it. And we're glad that we get to, you know, run with you, hopefully help you win a little bit of cash. I just was talking to Papa Josh, you know, the Lord of our discord, the one that's our community manager. And he's like, man, every week I get emails from just random people that say, thank you for the DFS pass. I got to pay for, you know, this event coming up or somebody else said like, Hey, I'm getting married. And you know, I got to sock away $5,000 to put towards a a wedding. It's like, sweet. We're helping people. Um, and we're also probably helping people like place bets on things they don't need to, which (laughs) bets. I, I never say this. So, you know, this is not me. I think I have a 20 unit banger coming up. Oh baby. Wow. On the show today? On the show. I will reveal later on and prop it like it's hot. The thing that I think I feel the most conviction of right now, like I, you know, here in Arizona, first thing I did when I was landing, I was like, I'm placing this bet. So we'll talk about it later. A 20 unit, man. All right. I got a question for you. You obviously took a flight out there. When you landed, did you, was the first thing that you did to place that wager that you're going to tell us about? Or did you text uh, your wife or your mom or someone and say, hey, I made it safely? Because this this is the test right here. I, I texted my wife. I did. Okay, so it's not maybe it's not a twenty unit banger. Maybe it's like a ten unit banger. Then, yeah, I mean it's not like hold the phone. <laughs> it's not like quit your job kind of thing. But it, it, I feel pretty strong about it, and you can get it right now. So uh, if you want to get all of our picks, dfspass.com. Uh, we're still doing thirty three percent off. We're at the halfway point. You can get some crazy value on this because our DFS pass goes through the playoffs. Bets and I get to give our picks on DraftKings on FanDuel. Our optimizer, which one of the plays that I'm giving for my slate breaker today came from looking at the optimizer, GPP values, our stream finder tool that we have for join the foot members, and then looking at the roster percentage projections. Like if you're playing DFS blindly and just saying, I'm going to play this player and you have no idea if the field thinks they're popular, the field thinks they're a good play. I don't, I, I don't know what you're doing. I, I don't understand what, what you're going for. So the DFS pass has all of that. You can get all of those at dfspass.com. Let's jump into it. Straight cash, homie. I do like being here in studio. I, I do. I, I I love Georgia, but there's something about recording in this studio with you, which, you know, done the last couple of years together, and our cash picks that just feel right at home. Feels really good. So yeah, this is this is a, a bittersweet little moment for me. I even oh man, I've got so many teasers. I've got teasers on teasers. <laughs> I got a teaser too for our sponsor for Slate Breaker. Oh baby. And I Let's just say that me and this uh, sponsor had a good little moment together. Like we we were talking on uh, last night, so I, I'm, I'm feeling excited. really good about. Yeah. So bets, give me your cash game quarterbacks that you were looking at this week. Because first off, like I don't love this slate this week. I, I like I don't love some of the values across the board. But at quarterback, I do feel like there's two or three guys that you can consider. Yeah, this one is, uh, for me, I think kind of come down to Geno Smith or Joe Burrow. And the Burrow, uh, you know, play, Burrow is obviously a little more expensive, uh, just comes down to the health of his wide receivers. So uh, T. Higgins is battling a hamstring injury. He was not seen at practice on Thursday. Uh, certainly not a great sign for his availability this week. And then Jamar Chase got that back issue. 
from the Sunday night game against the Bills, he apparently was looking like he was going to practice today on Thursday. So we'll see where he's trending come Friday, you know, and through the weekend. But if Burrow obviously doesn't have either of those guys, he's not in my consideration for a cash game quarterback. If he has Chase, I think he's still okay. But it's just a matter of, you know, do you prioritize that or dropping down to Geno, who's a little cheaper in a spot that we like to attack every week against the Commanders. I mentioned it on Tuesday that he has been one of the most pressure-sensitive quarterbacks in the NFL. When he's been under pressure, he has struggled quite a bit, 5.5 yards per attempt. When he has not been under pressure in a clean pocket, 8.1 yards per attempt. And last week, uh, Washington logged their lowest pressure rate of the season. So he's at home. He gets the matchup. It's a good game total as far as, as the slate's concerned. So I think right now my lean is to save the money and go down to Geno, especially considering the injuries to the Cincy wide receivers. Yes, I'm with you. Geno's my top play right now. In this range, it's like Sam Howell, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy. They're all fine. They don't feel like they're plays, though, that like you feel really excited. Like Howell has been awesome recently, so I, I see a lot of people saying, I want to play him this week. Go for it. But the downside is him having a two or three turnover game. Um, Geno, you have to delete last week, though. Like You have to just completely move on because in DFS, you you just have to. So... I lean Geno because of the pass rate and because of how bad Washington's been. On FanDuel, he's 6.9, which is a really good tag. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait. I'm looking at a practice report right now. It says Jamar Chase is at practice wearing a jersey while T. Higgins is not. It doesn't say what he's wearing, though. Well, well, well. We'll have to figure that and out. That, <laughs> I mean, that is the big piece of information. I'm asking our company right now on our Slack, like, what is... Like, what is this guy? Is he, is he no shirt? Is he just like, he's wearing a suit? I don't know. So um, I will say too, there was um, a report in uh, Sports Illustrated with one of the writers that, there that covers the Bengals mentioned the concern around the building is that of these two guys, Higgins is less likely to play. So um, we can just move this into wide receiver if you want to skip right to like the conversation with Jamar Chase because go for it. If, yeah, if Jamar Chase is in and healthy, which we need to make sure that's the case and T Higgins is out. I mean, Jamar Chase becomes an absolute standout play. He already leads the NFL in targets per game as is. Now you take away, you know, 20% of the targets that T. Higgins has gotten this year. And Jamar Chase is just going to project extremely well, especially at his price point. So I think at the elite wide receiver range, um, I know we're going to talk about Amon Ra in a second. If you get Chase with no T. Higgins, I would side with Chase over Amon Ra. I feel like we've been Chase people this year. We were T. Higgins people for the last two years. And I'm just, I, I think Chase is a great play. So yeah, I, Tyler Boyd, like if, if both are out, do you think Tyler Boyd will be, be super chalk? Maybe. He's, what is he? He's 4,600 on DK. It's In week cheap. five, we, we had, yeah, it's not free. We had this exact scenario play out uh, where he saw seven targets, went six for 39, no touchdown. So maybe the field looks at that and kind of shies away. But I think just from a bread projection standpoint, which is how people build nowadays, He's going to project okay at that at price point. So I think he'd be in the conversation for cash. Uh, I don't love it, though, necessarily. Tyler Boyd's one of those players I love adding as a sneaky third play in stacks usually. And so he's not somebody that, like, when he's steamed up, you can depend on him because low A dot targets, they don't really matter. Amon Ra, I would say, is our primary wide receiver that we're paying up for. Um, it's Chase. If Chase is active, it's Chase and Amon Ra is our favorites. CeeDee Lamb is going to be good. Um... We'll talk about that game later because there are a couple different routes that if you want to play Tony Pollard or if you want to stack and, you know, 
Dak and CeeDee Lamb, that makes a ton of sense. But Amon Ra has been double digits every single week on FanDuel. And DraftKings has been 15 plus DraftKings points every single week. You'll take that no matter what. So Amon Ra feels super safe. And then I made DeAndre Hopkins my cover boy. That felt really gross. But he's my cover boy for my FanDuel cash picks. He's been so good with Will Levis. And that's kind of the key to it. And the Buccaneers have just been eviscerated the last couple of weeks through the air. They just did against the Texans. So I feel like DeAndre Hopkins, 6K on DraftKings, 7.1 on FanDuel. He just feels like a safe pick. For sure. When you consider, like you said, what teams have to do against Tampa, who over the last month is dead last in EPA per pass attempt on defense, and they're third against the run, a very clear pass funnel situation. And, you know, Traylon Burks has been in and out of the lineup all year, but Traylon Burks looks like he's going to miss this game too. Not that he's commanding a huge target share, but that's an extra target or two that should go to DeAndre Hopkins in a matchup that looks awesome. I have not seen the latest on the corners, but Earlier in the week, both of their top corners, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, were missing practice. So if one or both those guys is out, then again, you further upgrade the the matchup for DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah, at 6K in a pass funnel matchup against Tampa, he looks rock solid. Going a little bit lower, Tank Dell at 5.5 looks really good. I, I We'll talk about that game. There There's some fears that CJ Stroud on the road this year has not been good. I mean, I'm bad-mouthing a player that just went for 470 and 5, but I just... Just want to throw that out there. It's not like a guarantee. If you look at Tank Dell's game logs, you're like, this guy's had three good games, and then the rest have just been terrible. So Tank Dell, 5.5. Deontay Johnson, his target share has been awesome since returning, 5.4. Jahan Dotson, do we know anything about his practice status? He's 5K. Was he banged up this week? I didn't see anything on Jahan. He was he was listed as questionable, which, uh, you know, it's not good. Uh, let me see. Let me get the exact practice report. He missed practice Wednesday for personal reasons, uh, but he's expected to return. So oh, okay, so he should be fine. Questionable tag. Yep. Uh, do you like Jahan Dotson because he's been heating up? Five K. It's a good price. The matchup's good. I feel like a commander or or a Seattle wide receivers. It makes sense in cash. Yeah, just because of the pass rate that we should see from both teams. I mean, we we know what Washington wants to do. Um, they are dropping back at an insane rate. Sam Howe leads the NFL in dropbacks, and like the second in that list is Pat Mahomes, and it's like not even close. So you're just going to get so much pass volume, I think, in negative game script that both these guys, I think, are in your cash pool, McLaurin and Dotson. Uh, Dotson, 8, 10, 8 targets over the last three weeks. That's just always going to project well at, at 5K. So yeah, I think he's definitely in the conversation uh, for cash this week. All right, and then... There's some punt options. I've seen people throw out the Vikings wide receivers, which are really gross. Brandon Powell, Tristan Jackson, because KJ Osborne, you know, was was carted off. So I don't love punting multiple spots in my lineup. And I, I Tristan Jackson will not be in the NFL next year. These are players that like they look Wait, cute who? because they're super Tristan Jackson. <laughs> I've never even heard of that player. We're not playing. Him. I will now you know, sometimes you just gotta educate. I mean, I educated myself earlier today going, who is this guy? And uh, he saw three targets last week when KJ Osborne went out. But punt play, Brandon Powell, he's been a punt play, caught a touchdown last week. You can punt there, but the targets have kind of been funneled to TJ Hawkins. Last week with Josh Dubs, 41% of the targets went to Hawkinson. So he's he's the more interesting one. But I just needed to mention that because people want to punt. It's, it's like, it's this desire in cash. You're like, I just have to punt one player. And if I'm not punting tight end, let me find a cheap wide receiver. Uh, but apparently he's not on your radar. 
<laughs> I literally had just <laughs> heard his name for the first time in my life right now, <laughs> which tells you where he's at uh, in consideration. Yeah, man, it's been really tough this year. Uh, like, I feel like DK's pricing has been very tricky to fit in um, cheaper plays. Like, there's no one right now below 4K that I have any interest in. Even Tyler Boyd, I mentioned, I'm like, you know, if if Chase or Higgins sits, like, I guess, but he's not free. And the tight ends are all priced up. We talked about that last week. Like, all these guys at, like, the upper 3K, lower 4K range, you know, two years ago, they would have been down at, like, 2,900. So DK has just changed their structure that I think it's kind of leaning more into these, like, balanced builds as being optimal, which is why guys like Geno, Brock Purdy, Joe Burrow uh, make sense this week kind of at the quarterback range. And then you've got strong wide receiver plays in Tank Dell, DeAndre Hopkins in the five, six gear range along with the uh, the Washington guys. So yeah, no thanks for me on uh, on your favorite uh, pump play of the week. <laughs> he is not my favorite. I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that he exists. Kyle's going to run a, a 150 set this weekend. He's putting him in. He get the, gets the lock button every lineup. What could go wrong? Running back is, is tough because I look at all the expensive options. CMC, 9.2. That's expensive. Eckler, 8.4. Not a great matchup. Kamara, not a great matchup. And last week, you saw what the floor is where it's like, there's other running backs on this team. Saquon's against the, the Cowboys. Terrible matchup. Henry against the Buccaneers. And then we get to Tony Pollard at 7.3, who is just begging. Beg, bets. he is begging you, please put me in your lineup. I'm second in the NFL in red zone carries. I only have two red zone touchdowns. Why won't you play me, Bets? This has been pain all year. Just max pain with Tony Pollard. Um, he has touched the ball 133 times since his last touchdown. So <laughs> when you look up, you know, if you just like Google uh, regression candidates or expected fantasy points or whatever, like he's the cover boy for it, right? He should be producing more than he is. Uh, credit to DraftKings. They were ahead of it on this one, pricing him up, which I'm really annoyed by because if you look at his box scores, he should be like 6,200. But he's all the way up at seven uh, 7,300. I get it. Dallas is the highest team implied total on the slate. They're favored by, what, 16, 16 and a half, whatever the line is now. Just a huge home favorite here uh, for Tony Pollard. And the matchup's good. So, yeah, I get it. I think he's a very rock-solid cash play. Um, I am very excited to lose more money again on Tony Pollard. It should be fun. A, a weekly tradition here for me. Uh, but how mm-hmm. are you handling Pollard in tournaments? Because I think he's a, a rock-solid, totally fine cash play. But, you know, we really haven't seen a ceiling from Tony Pollard. Like, he hasn't buried you. He's had you know, nine DK points, eight DK points, stuff like that over the last five, six weeks. Like, do you just hope he goes for like 60 and a touchdown and he doesn't actually bury you in a tournament? Because this feels a lot like the old Derrick Henry days where you're just like, man, if he gets you 80 yards, one score, like doesn't score, he's not in the optimal lineup. So are you scared of Tony Pollard fades in tournaments? I'm not I'm not scared of Tony Pollard because there are other running back plays that I really like, including my slate breaker, that are around the same price point. So there are players that I think can match his ceiling. Like well, I was thinking about this. What percentage chance do you give Tony Pollard to hit 30 points? Which is like in a GPP, like I need 30 points. I put it at 10%? 15 the, maybe? Yeah, the number that stuck out to me was 15%. And 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 so in that sense, like with Derrick Henry, we've always said if he's super popular, you play him in cash. If he's not popular, you play him in tournaments. Well, Pollard is going to project super well, so I think he's a good cash play. Like I, I have him in my lineup currently as of this recording. I, I can poke holes because I think the Dallas passing offense has been their bread and butter 
And I think that Dak's going to be able to move the ball. Keep in mind, I gave this stat out on Tuesday's podcast. When teams are favored by two touchdowns, they run the ball about 30 times a game. So that's going Tony Pollard's not going to get 30 carries, right? He's going to get 18, maybe, if they're, they're ahead. And then Rico Daddle and some other people will get some other carries. So I think he's fine in cash. I'll probably be way underweight in tournaments and, and try to go the other way. Yeah, I think I, I share that uh, strategy as well. All right, so Joe Mixon is probably going to be the best points per dollar play that we mention, uh, especially if one of those wide receivers is out. If T. Higgins is out, I'm playing either Chase or Mixon in my cash lineup. Like That just seems like a guarantee. Would you play both? I think you can uh, because I think the usage would be so condensed to these two guys, and uh, I guess you can throw Tyler Boyd in there, but really to these two guys. And Mixon, we know, has not just the three-down skill set that we look for, but he gets a lot of targets in base work in first and second down as well. Um, he has handled 90% of Cincinnati's running back carries this year. Just an absurd number. Um, they've got one of the highest team implied totals on the slate. As far as the game environment, it's got one of the top totals on the slate. They're at home. So it all kind of makes sense to me for Joe Mixon. So yeah, if T. Higgins is out, I think you can play, uh, you should play, I should say, one of those two guys. And I certainly think you can play both. I'm going to say something gross, but Devin Singletary, in the same game, if, if Damian Pierce is there, like nobody's going to want to play him after what he did last week. I think he's actually, once again, a good play. Like last week, he had everything workload-wise he wanted. 75% of the snaps, 15 opportunities. In Cincinnati, here's, here's a hot step for you, buddy. Uh, they're allowing the highest rate of first downs on rush attempts in the NFL. 29.7% of opponents are, uh, of opponent rush attempts are ending in a first down. That includes touchdowns, right? Like Because a touchdown is a first down. So I think that he's a sneaky play um, that people won't want to play again in cash. Like if we didn't have last week, we would look at Devin Singletary and go, oh, you can play him in cash. This week, no one's going to want to do it. And Mixon's super popular. So throwing that out, I think he may be more in tournaments. If you want to gain some leverage and they get touchdowns that way, he's cheap if you want to do that. And I I just want to say this quickly. Bijan is tempting. That's oh 6K. my gosh. I hate it. He projects so well. The matchup is so good. <laughs> but I'm biased. I'm not going to lie. Like I played him last week in cash. My CJ Stroud lineup that I had, my only one, had Bijan. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I truly don't have a good answer for people. I think he is a totally fine cash play if you want to go there. And and I can see the argument from both sides. Like you could say, you know, Arthur Smith has had so much uh, public pushback, even from like the own Falcons fans and stuff. Like, I feel bad for whoever runs the Atlanta Falcons uh, Twitter account, but they posted a mic'd up uh, clip of Bijan from this past week, and every comment was, well, get him the ball. Why doesn't Arthur get him the ball? What does it matter? Tyler Algier carries the ball. So I was just like, oh, I feel so bad for whoever did this. But um, but the public pushback, you could be like, okay, maybe he actually does it this week. Or what if Bijan only needs 13 touches in this game against the Cardinals to actually pay yep. it off? So I see the argument. I understand it. I'm just not sure I can go there and cash. He's in my pool. Like he needs yes. to be in your in your pool. Don't just use the emotional thing because he can be efficient and he runs the most running back routes in the NFL, which is also super sad to like, okay, so they have him out there participating. Yeah. I'm the dude. I'm the Falcons fan that's mad. Um and also my life is fantasy football, so it's it's all Double in the sword there. <laughs> yep. Uh I'll also add on FanDuel, Tony Pollard seven point eight, Aaron Jones. 6.8 looks great. He had a ton of opportunities last week. You know, he was limited on, on Wednesday as well with a hamstring, but he looks good. At tight end, I have a de- I have a little debacle here. I love the price 
of TJ Hawkinson at 5K. I mentioned earlier, Josh Dobbs just targeted him over and over and over again. Dalton Schultz is right below him at 4.9. Those guys are going to project super well. Dalton Schultz has a great matchup. But if we go a little lower, Evan Ingram, 4.5, Trey McBride. Those are the four tight ends that stand out to me early in the week. Do you have a lean? Yeah, I think just because of the pricing, like I want to save money if I can. And Trey McBride, you know, certainly let people down a little bit last week. Kind of predictably though, right? I mean, it was Clayton Toon. It was a really tough matchup. Now Kyler's back. And if you want to know what the market thinks of that mattering for Arizona, they have a higher team implied total this week than Houston. It is the highest that they have had the Cardinals all season long. So certainly it's a quarterback upgrade. Even if Kyler is 80%, 90% of his old self, he's still better than Clayton Toon. And Maybe maybe not Josh Jobs, man. Josh Jobs is super fun. But the, the quality of targets he'll see should be better. And 48% of Atlanta's opponents' targets that they've seen have gone to the slot or inline tight ends. Like They're giving up a ton over the middle of the field where McBride will be running a bunch of his routes. So at 3,500, I think my pre- preference on this slate is to play T. McBee over the more expensive guys like Hawkinson, Ingram, Schultz. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of leaning that direction too just to stick it to my Falcons. Uh, last conversation I have here. Because our punt defense of the week is Arizona. If you want to play them at home against Taylor Heineke, 2,500. That's the punt play. Dallas is going to be popular despite being 4.4 on DraftKings and 5.2. This is so rare. We never get this type of... Would you say like maybe there's two or three instances per year where a really expensive defense is also super chalky? I feel like it's like once a year, maybe twice. And it's always Dallas. It, <laughs> it, like it doesn't happen. Dallas against Houston. I, I mentioned that on our Tuesday show. Dallas against Houston last year, I think it was. Yes. Was this exact scenario. Okay, so I've thought about this a couple different ways. Because normally I'd be like, screw it, I don't care. I'm not playing that defense. Just going to punt. At 4.4, if I think about them as like a tight end, okay? 4.4. You, you'd be fine paying for that. 4.4 for a wide receiver. Tyler Boyd, okay? Think about playing Tyler Boyd right there. What would you be happy with points-wise if you're playing any player at 4.4? How many points? Uh, 10 to 12 in okay. cash. So I think their projection is going to be 10 to 12 in most case scenario. What do you think their ceiling is in this game? Uh, 22. Okay, so that's pretty wild that you could say that because for a punt tight end or a cheap, like Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, you're not going to say his ceiling is 22 points. You're going to say it's 16. 17, something like that. So if I just reverse my thinking and think, okay, if this is a player, a wide receiver, a tight end, somebody in the flex that I'm paying 4.4 and I think that they're going to get 10 points and I think their ceiling is massive and they're chalky, I think I'd consider them a little bit more. I think with Tommy, Danny, DeVito there, I'm penciling them in for four sacks already. I think that feels like kind of comfortable, three to four sacks. So have I convinced you at all that they're, not as egregious as they look at 4.4. <laughs> yeah, they do project well, which is just crazy. Uh, I think it just comes down, down to how you want to build. If you want to get up to, you know, Burrow, if you want to play Chase and Amon Ra together, like that will take it out of consideration for you. So I think you should just keep it in your pool, see what fits, see what projections look like come Saturday and Sunday morning. But I think they're in the cash game pool this week, which is just crazy to say for the reasons you mentioned. Just put some numbers to it. Uh, the Giants with Danny DeVito under center have averaged four yards per play you know I, I was supposed to do yeah so bad <laughs> i was it's supposed so to do bad. a research project remember 
For yeah, for, I do. What, what did I say on Tuesday's podcast? You said I'm gonna I'm gonna research over the last two or three years if there's ever been a 4K defense or above. What have they done in in DFS? But um, instead, yeah. you're just gallivanting around the country, hopping on flights, rubbing elbows with the big wigs. No time for us, Kyle, huh? Yeah, I I did. I I really I told Betts I was like, oh no, I said that, and I just know my schedule this week. I'm not gonna be able to do it. Um, but I will get back to you because I am a man of my word. Correct? Yes, always. Okay, you can you let the people know that that like part of our bet was paid out. <laughs> yes, we we officially after I called Kyle out publicly, he officially decided to pay out for the the previous bet. So we're good on one of two. You still owe me a water bet slash. Someone put a comment on iTunes, uh, a milk bet for Jarek McKinnon <laughs> versus uh, Kadarius <laughs> Tony. So yes, I have to pour milk. That's that's the uh, that's the ante that's been upped. It, well, it was okay. a water bet. Now it's a milk bet. Okay, well, I'll get my kids to to participate in that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, gift mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Betsy, we got three games that we are going to preview for the people. Talk about stacking options. Let's go for it. Stack attack. First game is the Houston Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites despite their wide receiver situations being up in the air. Check the line. Staying steady. The over under is at 47. So it's pretty good. Healthy environment. We saw what the Texans did last week. And... I think a lot of people are going to come in and say, I can stack CJ Stroud. He's 6.9. He's not as cheap as like the 5.2, you know, 5.5 days that we were getting. I'm worried. I'm worried about the Texans offense and people going around. I like this game more from a correlation. If you want to play Mixon and, you know, one of the wide receivers or Schultz. Um, Or if you want to play Joe Burrow and Chase and, you know, find another piece. Uh, Singletary is like a, you know, way to get off chalk. I am worried that people are going to run into roster percentage and a game that, you know, Cincinnati plays slower than you think. They're they're like 27th in seconds per play. So am I crazy to say that I'm lower on this game? I don't think necessarily. And just, you know, when you think about expectations, what C.J. Stroud just did raises your expectations of the entire offense. But that's a once a season sort of performance for 
a rookie quarterback or just the best of all time, right? Like that certainly is not going to happen. He's a negative regression candidate. Uh, Marvin pointed that out in his article this week in the DFS pass. CJ Stroud since week six is the quarterback 24 in expected fantasy points. He's a quarterback four in actual points. So he just screams negative regression. And so it creates a situation where you know the upside is there, but now you're paying for it. And it's not necessarily the best matchup on the road. Uh, Lou Romo's defense has, you know, given opposing quarterbacks some trouble with changing looks, stuff like that. So I could actually see a pretty down week here from the Texans as a whole. Um, just to give you an idea of what the market thinks about the Houston offense this week, their 20.3 implied team total is lower than the Patriots. It's lower than the Cardinals. So that just gives you a reference point, I think, of kind of where the betting markets are on this team. Yeah, we're not saying fade the Texans, but I'm going to be building around Joe Burrow and a team that's number one in pass rate over expectation since they've started letting this guy cook. They've been on a roll, winning four in a row. Uh, some big wins, right? The last two wins have been against uh, San Francisco, Buffalo. So I, I think stacking with Joe Burrow and Chase, you can add on a sneaky piece like uh, Irv Smith because I think that he's cheap enough. If you want to add a third partner, think he gets the touchdown, that's totally fine. But yeah, I, 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 I thought I would come into this saying like, let's go. This is the game I want. I love CJ Stroud. I've always been a big fan, but it just doesn't seem like a game that I want. They're always tempted to run the ball. And sometimes it just doesn't work. That actually hasn't worked the entire year with Damian Pierce. So I I, I just, I think they sometimes get too cute. So I, I will probably be, I probably will have no CJ Stroud this week. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think if I'm going to play this game stack, it's on the Burrow side. And then you just pick one of the guys to bring it back with. Now, Tank Dell is in the cash conversation. He will be, an awesome cash play at his price point if Nico Collins sits, who was limited on Wednesday and was not seen at practice on Thursday with a calf issue. And if that's the case, you get tanked out at a very cheap price. You get Noah Brown, who would enter the, the punt play conversation at 3700 who, oh, by the way, when did Noah Brown become just an awesome player in the NFL? Went nuts last week. And then you get Dalton Schultz. So you would get a very condensed target tree that are all pretty affordable. So I think just from like a how it fits standpoint, I like that path of saying I'm going to play Burrow, you know, double stack him, and then you just pick your favorite player on the other side. I like Tank Dell quite a bit this week. My issue is if if Nico is out, he will become insanely popular. So I think Dalton Schultz is an awesome pivot if that is the scenario that plays out, given the matchup against a Bengals team that is just getting destroyed against tight ends. They're dead last in schedule adjusted points to the position. So at 4,900, you have a little bit of security as far as like, people are going to play. They're going to play some Hawkinson. They're going to play some Ingram. We talked about Trey McBride. I think we'll get lost in the shuffle a little bit this week. So I'm very interested in the doctor this week against the Bengals. Oh man, you got to call a doctor when he, I mean, he's been really good over the last five games, which uh, did not see that coming. So uh, give me your Vegas take on this game. I like, I like the Bengals here to cover this one. I do too. I, j- I, I hate saying it, but like the te- this Texans team, don't forget two weeks ago, like I we, we all forget they lost to the Panthers. They also lost to the Falcons. He's CJ Stroud's not been good on the road. If you want to check his split, so uh, I will take the Bengals as well. Next game, Washington at Seattle. This is this is a fun one. If we get the Seattle, we want Seattle's a six point home favorite. The over under is forty five and a half, and the Seahawks have played pretty quick most of the year. Now last week they ran into a wall called they just can't complete passes or extend drives, but fifth in neutral situation pace on the year. I gave this game score a four 
out of five. And most of the pieces I would say are pretty affordable. Like Washington has crept up. Sam Howell, QB6 on the year. It makes sense that his price would be elevated, but 5.9 is totally fine. Jahan Dotson is only 5K. He's still good. Terry McLaurin's still under 6K, which is shocking. Um, so I think there's a lot of pieces to like. Where would you go? Like, is your favorite to, since we like Geno and Cash, to just double stack him and pick the wide receiver on Washington side? I think that's my preference here. Um, I'm interested to see what the roster percentages look like because I was actually looking before the show and they're all pretty manageable. Like no one's above like 12, 13%. So that's kind of an early, early week run. Whenever there's a cash quarterback, typically their wide receiver is going to get elevated massively in tournaments because just how the stacking works and whatever. So don't be surprised if you flip the cards on Sunday morning and all of a sudden you're like, ah, man, I thought Tyler Lockett was going to be 12% and all of a sudden he's like 18%, right? So that's my biggest concern on this game. But, um, I mean, the matchup's incredible, right? There's really not much to say about it. Washington now can't rush the passer. You know, the Seahawks have shown us they are willing to throw in a neutral game script, and he's got talented pass catchers to go along with him. We were a week early, or you were a week early, I should say, on DK Metcalf. I kind of want to go back to him this week. Uh, Since week six, only 40% of his targets have been deemed catchable. That's per PFF. That's booty. He leads the two as far as him and Lockett in average up the target. Uh, air yard share slightly higher target share so it just feels like one of those classic dfs weeks where you're like you know you're on a guy a week early didn't work out you go right back to him that's what i did last week with cd shroud this could be the week that we do that with uh, dk metcalf yeah i like all three seattle wide receivers it stinks that metcalf like he had that 50 yard catch earlier you're like okay let's go you're gonna hit a 100 yard bonus they're gonna pepper him with targets that was the only catch jsn is still ch- too cheap on DraftKings at 4.1. So, if it, I don't know. If JF Sin was 5 for 50 in a score, you'd be super happy with that. Uh, Tyler Lockett probably is the safest of the three, and his price is still palatable on FanDuel. I wrote him up as a cash pick at 6.8. So, I like all those receivers. I don't love Ken Walker. I don't really want to play him. He's kind of out of my cash pool. He's super interesting this week because... You know, he's he's the headlines recently in fantasy land anyway have been, well, Zach Charbonnet's out snapping him. It's happened two weeks in a row. Pete Carroll, Carroll can't stop talking about Zach Charbonnet and his pressers. But if you actually look at like when the playing time has come for these two, especially in quarters like one through three when the games have been somewhat close, Walker has still been touching the ball more. So he is still the guy that I think you can just predict moving forward. If you project a positive game script for Seattle, Kem Walker should lead the duo. And if it's a negative game script or they're forced to throw a bunch, it should be Zach Charbonnet. So six-point home favorite, I don't think anyone's going to play him. Honestly, I'm seeing somewhere around 5 to 7%. He feels like an okay. interesting leverage play, especially if Gino is going to be the cash quarterback this week. Okay, you're starting to convince me you, because you have a really good stat here that in terms of early down snaps, it was 21 to 5. And we all know that third down snaps are the most important thing in fantasy. You know, I Obviously. did lots of... Re- <laughs> I did a big research project. They don't matter. Um, early downs, that's where fantasy points correlate best. So yeah, I think interesting GPP kind of pivot option if you want to go there. On the Washington side, are you just double stacking Sam Howell if you're going to go that direction? Yeah, I don't think I can go to Brian Robinson. I know you mentioned him on Tuesday. Is like eh, Maybe it's sneaky because Seattle's been kind of terrible against the run recently. But he's been so game script dependent, right? He's, he, this is a six-point road underdog spot. 
Um, in his wins this year, in, in Washington wins, he's averaging over 16 carries per game. In losses, he's averaging under 10 carries per game. So if you project the Seattle Seahawks to get out to a lead here, it's a tough spot for Brian Robinson. So yeah, for me, it is the pass catchers in this spot. Okay, so I don't, I don't really have a ton of interest. Logan Thomas is finding cash. I guess if you want to use him in a stack, that's fine. Uh, any last thoughts on this game? And do you think it will be popular? I think so. Like I said, just because of Geno, and then the price tags just stick out so easily on the Washington side. Like McLaurin, they're not really changing his price. Dotson was literally the same price last week, and we've seen some box score results now for these guys recently. Everyone knows the pass rate for Washington should be there, so that's my fear is that it does become popular. So if you are going to play, I just think you need to get different elsewhere in your lineup, most likely, or just get a contrarian piece on the other side, like I said, maybe you, maybe you do play a house stack and you play it with Kem Walker instead of the wide receivers. Or if you're playing Gino, you tackle on a JSN to get unique, something like that. Because I do think the Washington guys will be somewhat popular, 10 plus, 12 plus percent, something like that. The only route that I'm scared of this game, if Washington somehow gets up early, then this game is just going to, I mean, pace wise, they're in the bottom half of the league in terms of like quickest pace, how much play clock is left. And I think that is a route for B-Rob just to make this game go boo-boo. But we love the pass attempts. 40 pass attempts per game is what people, I think, want. So I think Howell's going to be close. Like, I, I he'll be close with Geno in terms of roster percentage and the wide receivers come along. Give me your Vegas take. This feels like a classic get-right spot for Seattle, doesn't it? Literally, like, the worst performance they're going to have the entire season against the Ravens. Now you go home, you get a somewhat easy matchup against Washington. I'm going to lay the touchdown with Seattle. I hate agreeing with you because I, I, but I agree. I, I'm also still a sucker for Seattle. Who's okay. They looked so bad last week, but they're right there in the division with the 49ers. Like it's, it's pretty close. So keep that in my last game, Detroit lions at the Los Angeles chargers. Oh, what could go wrong with the chargers? The line is really, it's Detroit minus three. Yes, it was one and a half when we talked on Tuesday. It's been moving a, b- a bunch this week. Chargers, come on. Yeah, it, uh, the explosiveness of the Chargers is not going to be there in this game at all. You could get there on volume alone, but I don't love stacking Justin Herbert. And it's basically I'm going to play Eckler or Keenan Allen. So the game's up at 48 and a half. So I like that. But this team has just nine offensive touchdowns in five games since Mike Willie went down. Who knew? That Mike Willie would be the most important thing. Oh, we did because you and I, especially you, you've always been a big Mike Willie guy. Just pain. Just all sorts of pain right now happening for me. <laughs> What's scary about Justin Herbert is if you look at him from like a season-long standpoint, he's been good. But it's kind of been hit- hidden by like some rushing touchdowns, like a fluky goal line sneak. Like I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm on the under on the Chargers team total. I'm going to be lower than the market in this game as far as DFS exposure. I get it. It's just Eckler and Keenan Allen. Like that's that's the only two guys you can play. And on paper, it sets up pretty well for Keenan Allen because they should be in a negative game script if if this spread is correct and if the money moving in on Detroit is correct, he's going to get peppered with targets. But like man, priced right around Jamar Chase, I prefer him. Priced right around Amon Ra, I prefer him. So I think he's a tournament only sort of play. And then for Eckler, like the rushing has just been so inefficient. So you're you're hoping that they get behind in a massive way and they have to throw. That's really what you're hoping for here for Eckler and Keenan Allen. What do you think Eckler will be in tournaments? Because he's at a price point where it's just really hard to fit him in. 
And, you know, I'm seeing like 8%, 9%, 10%. And I, like, that's fine because he has pass catching upside, but don't expect him to get more than like 50 yards on the ground. It, it's it's going to be gross. I, I'm running into a problem with this game, and I hate that because I love the Chargers. Can you stack, though, the Lions side and just say, hey, Jared Goff, double stack, and then I'm picking Eckler or Keenan Allen? I actually really like that a lot this week because sandwich kind of right around, you know, Hal, Gino, and uh, Burrow is Jared Goff, who is going to be less popular than those guys. Opponents against the Chargers this year are throwing at the sixth highest rate, and the Chargers are 29th in EPA and pass defense. This is not the team you thought it was last year, where last year it was like, okay, you're playing the Chargers, such an easy run matchup. They're just going to run, 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 run. Teams are incentivized to throw against the Chargers, and if everyone wants to try to figure out this Gibbs Montgomery situation, what if it goes through Jared Goff and you have such a clean stacking partner, right? You stack him with sun, with the sun God, obviously. And then Sam Laporta is producing like a wide receiver. If you're getting a double stack with a guy that's 8K and a guy that's at 5,700, even though it's a tight end, it feels uncomfortable. I think he's a pretty good play. So I'm very interested in Amon Ra, Sam Laporta, and whether I'm playing them as one-offs or like kind of minis in the scheme or stacking partners with Jared Goff, I think it's totally in play. Yeah, I'm probably going to wait on the running backs and just let it sort itself out. Like I mentioned, there's other running back plays on this slate that I think carry a higher ceiling. I want to throw out Josh Reynolds because he had 83% of the snaps. I get that Donovan Peoples-Jones is in the mix. We talked on the Dynasty podcast with Jamison Williams. It's it's not going to happen. And let, well, we'll we'll give the light. We'll leave the light on for what another month. I think four weeks. He's got to do something in four weeks. Otherwise, it's just done. Josh Reynolds, 3,800. He's a dart throw if you want to add him as the third stacking partner. But Sam Laporta is the sneaky. People don't want to pay 5,700, 6,500 on FanDuel. He could be the tight end one on the slate. There's no Kelsey. He, he could easily do it. So any last thoughts on this game? Uh, no, I think we hit on all the, the big plays here. Um, it's pretty clean, I think, as far as where the ball goes, which I do like that for that reason as far as stacks. I just have a little bit of worry that this game goes under. Yeah, under would be my take. Yep, same. All right. Um, Betts, do you want to give any last thoughts about stacking correlation? Like, we didn't mention Lamar Jackson, who's on this slate, but in the worst game environment possible. There are some correlative plays. You have here the 49ers and Jaguars, and they do have some interesting players. Yeah, that game sticks out to me as like kind of this next tier that could be interesting. Um, the total is at 45, which is pretty good for this slate. The tricky thing is that there's some projected potential weather. So just watch that situation. Uh, in Jacksonville, I saw some winds maybe gust up to like 20, 25 miles an hour. We always mention though on the show, people way overreact. So that sort of stuff is just worth mentioning that you need to monitor it Saturday and Sunday. But assuming like we get positive to just kind of neutral reports on that stuff, I'm very interested in those stacks and those correlations because uh, San Fran and Jacksonville, their defenses are both facing a pretty high pass rate. So if the opposing offenses work together the way that we think they could, you have lots of high ceiling plays in, I mean, CMC, Iuke, uh, you know, Christian Kirk. We talked about Evan Ingram already. Like there's so many plays that you can get there. So I don't know that I'll go full game stack, but I really like that, uh, that game for some mini correlation. Yeah. I like the stat you brought up. They're, you know, top three in terms of opponent pass rate. So teams are having to throw against these teams. It's now time for our slate breaker of the week, and I promised a sponsor, and you may hear the sponsor go, wait, I thought we've had the sponsor before. Well, I was here in Arizona 
on the ground with the company. And I was taken out to dinner last night by none other than Al Borland, a.k.a. Jeremy. He took me to Chili's last night, man. I mean, what, what could be more on brand for this podcast than going to Chili's with our own company? And I, I, I just say this every week. Chili's brings the family together. It's a, it's a grill. It's a bar. And when you win in DFS, you get to spin there. So what could be better than Chili's being our Slate Breaker sponsor? Now I got to ask, did, did you guys go a little two for 20 deal here? <laughs> I went with his, it, so his son and his wife also came. So there's four of us and we had a great old time. With Uncle Kyle. I, I okay. So I, I'm not an uncle yet, but I will be a very good, good uncle one day. But Chili's is a sponsor. Shout out to Jeremy for footing the bill too. I didn't even have to pay for Chili's. Dude, what a guy. Al Borland. I'll tell you what. I mean, underrated part of the footballers. Uh, Bets, give me your slate breaker. I already hinted at this. I love this game. If we get some good news on the weather, I think Brandon Ayuk is a very strong play this week at the current projected Ross percentage we have, which hopefully doesn't change. But right now, 7.3% on DraftKings in our optimizer. It looks awesome. Look, Diabo's back. That's not great. CMC gets a lot of usage. That's not great. People know George Kittle's involved. Because of those factors, I think his roster percentage stays in check. But we've already seen an elite ceiling from Brandon Ayuk. 36 DK points this week, uh, this year against Pittsburgh, 24 against Arizona, 19 against uh, Cincy. He's tied for seventh in the NFL on targets throughout run. He's got 43% of this team's air yards. That's fourth among all NFL wide receivers. So he has an elite role, but you don't have to pay for it because of the uncertainty that's associated with San Francisco. So against a relatively speaking pass funnel defense in Jacksonville, I like Brandon Ayuk a lot this week. And how much is Ayuk? What's his price? He has $7,100. Well, you know what? I'm going to double down on that. I will also take a player who is 7,100. Brandon, I no, uh, Travis <laughs> ETN is my slate breaker this week, which is great because you and I are in the same game. So if you want to correlate those together and they go off, even better. If you do that and one of them goes off, then we'll look even stupider. So one of ours will probably fail. But Travis ETN, his workload is crazier than people realize. Like CMC, Travis ETN in the same game. He's averaging 23 opportunities per game. And you look... And you go, oh, they're playing San Francisco. I can't play running backs against them. What if this isn't the same San Francisco defense? On the year, they are allowing the fourth highest rate of first downs on rush attempts. It's almost 28%. And they rank 22nd in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs over the last month. In our optimizer right now, I'm seeing 7%. In other places, it's like 8 He is not going to be clicked this week. Nobody's going to really want to play him in cash, despite the fact he's been... Outside of CMC, has he been the best fantasy running back? I, I guess Raheem Mostert, but he's been easily like one of the best plays possible. So Travis Etienne, I think he's going to go super overlooked in a game that people are just forgetting about. So those are our two slate breakers brought to you by <laughs> Chili's. Love it. Uh, Can I also throw a little bonus in there? Ooh, bonus. A bonus. Uh, I just want to throw a caveat. If the weather does become a concern and you need to pivot, I also like Aaron Jones this week. 6,500, he's not going to be in the cash conversation because of guys like Bijan, Tony Pollard. You just mentioned uh, Travis Etienne. Like, there's a couple of plays that are just going to slip through the cracks here. I think Aaron Jones is going to be one of those guys, 6,500. We had the week leading up to last week where Matt LaFleur was telling us, we're going to unleash him, he's getting healthier. But then they actually did it. 26 total opportunities last week, including five-plus targets in three straight games. That sort of workload against the Pittsburgh defense that you've been using your running backs against all year makes so much sense to me if he's going to be 8 9% something like that. All right, one more segment. Prop it like it's hot. 
you want all of our props, you can get them in the DFS Pass at DFSPass.com. You can also get alerted on Discord. Last night, I was at Chili's, like I mentioned, and Jeremy gets a little notification that says, hey, I should take this prop about Sam Howell, and he did it right there. Just bet it right on the spot. So, Bets, thanks to you for you know being a part of our Chili's experience. And I feel so honored. I mean, it was it was pretty cool to be like, oh yeah, this is what I do every day. So, Bets, why don't you hit us with one first? You know, I was a little worried how this would go for Bananarama in the NFL, but credit where credit is due, man. He's looked good. He, I think, is better for the offense than Tannehill currently. And I'm going to take the over on 212 and a half passing yards because he's done it in both of his starts, A, and B, he's taking on a Tampa defense that has been so horrific against the pass. Can I please read you the last four quarterback stat lines against Tampa? Please do. CJ, CJ Stroud, 470, uh, 11.2 YPA. Josh Allen, 324, 8.1 YPA. Desmond Ritter, 250, 10 yards per attempt. Jared Goff, 353, 8 yards per attempt. I already mentioned the corners are injured. They stopped the run like an elite defense. You have to throw against this team. 212 is just, it's too low. Yeah. No, I, I you put that one out and I go, you know what? It, it's scary with a player like him, but that's what Tampa Bay has been giving up. I'm going to give a different play this week. Oh, this and is the play. This is the play. This is the oh, one that I feel stronger. And I'm we're going to add this because I think this is this is worth it. A lot of times we talk about win totals and we kind of talk about projecting the beginning of the year. We talked about the Bills a couple weeks ago. This is a win total that is currently on DraftKings. I want you to look up this price to see if it's changed. That astounds me that this is still here. These the New Orleans Saints right now are five and four. They're leading their division. And they have the easiest schedule in the NFL remaining. So they have eight more games at five and four. I'm saying that over nine and a half wins feels like more than doable based on the odds. So what, what's, the, what's the odds right now? I see the same. Minus 110. Minus 110. Okay. People, these are the quarterbacks that the Saints are playing the rest of the year. They are favored in all of these games except for one when they play the Lions. Okay, ready? Josh Dobbs this week. They're four-point favorites on the road. Week 11, you can't get hurt. They're on the bye, you know? So there's no loss there. Uh, week 12, they're playing some team called the Falcons and whatever they run out there, Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter. Week 13, that's a tough one. It's against Jared Goff and against the Lions. So that, that one, I'm not baking into the projections. But then week 14, Bryce Young. Week 15, Tommy DeVito or whoever else is out there. Week 16, Matthew Stafford, question mark? Whoever they Carson have, Carson Wentz. Wentz question mark week 17 is baker and week 18 is the falcons again was there any quarterback other than jared goff on that list that scares you no i think they should be favored in all those games except for the detroit game yep right now their win total is at nine and a half they just have to go five and three which they're five and four right now five and three over their final eight games i feel like this is one of the plays that i feel strongest about the rest of the season and I'm willing to throw it out here. So you can get in if you like futures money. A lot of people don't like tying up their money, you know, until January. I get that. But this could hit earlier than that. So, Bets, any, any thoughts on this one? That I've <laughs> slowly but surely just gained steam and said, like, I this is my my Cardinals of last year kind of thing. No, man. I think it makes a lot of sense. And we talked about them in the preseason with the Falcons. Those two teams, by far, had the easiest strength of schedule when you look at, you know, back in August when we talked about this and over the summer. Um, and it's coming to fruition here at the end of the, end of the year. So they're a great bet to make the playoffs, to win the division, to go over nine and a half wins. 
So uh, if you haven't gotten in on that and you still can, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the if it, it should be minus one fifty, like that. That's what shocked me most. Like, okay, I get laying more juice, but minus one ten is is nothing. So um, let's move the lines, people. We're all about that. Go to ballersdfs.com. You can play with us at DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg and Bets. I'm in one of those contests this week, and I cannot wait to take your money and be your friend. But have fun playing with you. So join our contest, join the league, be a part of it. BallersDFS.com. And Bets, it has been a joy and a pleasure to do this from Arizona, but sign us off. Yes, sir. We're on to, what is this, week 10, the week 10 main slate. Good luck to all you out there. Hopefully you win some money. Make sure you get that Saints bet in. Get the Will Levis bet in, and then you cash all your DFS lineups this weekend. Good luck to all of you. Enjoy the football. We will catch you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.